The car you drive every day should be fun. But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries. You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Subaru has updated the BRZ. Uh-huh. The yeah. 86, the, it's different. It's we've, all new. We've it's got debated, loads of power. Yeah. Wait. Wait. No, it doesn't. This is the problem. We've debated about whether or not we should even talk about this <laughs> and actually give it more press. But you've actually asked. Dammy asked. A few others have asked about the new <clears throat> the new Subaru the new, BRZ new, new. TS. Not an STI. No, TS standing for tuned by STI, which already mm-hmm. you should see the bait and switch coming. My concern is I feel like we're now just being trolled. We're being trolled by a corporation. <laughs> and paying more money to do it, you think? I just, Surely this will cost more. I'm oh, it will cost more. Of course it will. This will be a package that will cost extra. I mean, it's it's <laughs> suspension tuning. It sounds like good suspension tuning. Uh, yeah. Proper tires from the factory, 18-inch wheels, Brembo brakes. These are all good things. Uh-huh. But no one, no one, I truly believe, in spite of the trolling that goes on with the 86 platform, I don't think anybody has ever bought one of these cars and goes, you know, this doesn't handle well. <laughs> this is not the problem. They have addressed the one thing the car does brilliantly, addressed it further, and, it, and they're trolling us. So you think they're laughing at us now from the corporate boardroom? You think, we've got them now, everybody, because the power is, again, unchanged. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I bet you it costs more. It will cost giant more. carbon cost fiber more. rear wing, and it's it's going to be limited edition. So they're going, they're going to sell them all. Darn right, it's limited. But yeah, I, yeah, it's got the, the pictures look great. It's got the obnoxious wing on the back, and I'm the teenager in the room, and I'm still saying it's got an obnoxious wing on the back. <laughs> you know, those I wheels, just, black wheels, looks great. Okay, yeah, Im- improved stiffness, new dampers, Brembo brakes, it good didn't wheels, start life, great. Great, not handling, but well. it handles well already. Yeah. And the thing we're all saying yeah. is, could you give us more power? And you know, <laughs> you know, Subaru has the internet. You know they do. You know they have the internet. They know about the internet. Uh-huh. They uh-huh. have people that read the internet, and yet they're trolling us. Uh-huh. Here's the new updated version. Not an STI, no tune by STI. Oh no, not not. Why would we do more power? Why would we do that? That's weird. Oh, the chassis and front subframe are upgraded with new draw stiffeners. And a more direct steering feel, because this thing was a boat. Man, I am I glad I just, they addressed the elephant in the room here. I yeah, and and I will also huh. say this as an owner. I mean, come on, <laughs> I'm not I'm not a guy just throwing stones from the corner here and going, this car needs more power. No, no, I own one and love it. I yeah, I'm I'm having trouble deciding whether I want to drive it or not. I mean, I kind of do, but on the other hand. Unless you're on a track, mm-hmm. which is where the press photos are shown, sure, sure, yeah, it's not going to matter. You're not going to feel any of these differences on street driving. Canyons, you'll be hard will. pressed. You'll be Canyons hard pressed. You're because right. it's got yeah. 18s. I mean, we noticed the 17s mm-hmm. on your car. That upgrade mm-hmm. is yeah. worlds of difference. So that handling, yes, it'll be tighter and stiffer. But yeah. until you New add tires the power, yeah, because now the chassis is infinitely capable of taking more power. Absolutely, it is. And Absolutely yet, is. Yeah. their decision. No. I, I find it. I find it kind of hysterical at this point. I it's think what, you're right. It's in a weird way. It's like my right. favorite ongoing automotive joke because I really feel like I'm being trolled by a corporation. <laughs> I think you're right. Actually, the WRX STI has also been upgraded at the same time. Carbon fiber roof, mm-hmm. another carbon fiber wing, lightweight BBS wheels, and in a stroke of genius, they removed the spare tire. Nobody ever thought of that one before. Wow. I yeah. Okay. All right. I'm still shaking my head at the BRZ. They upgraded the power on the WRX, on the STI. Mm-hmm. It's now 310. Mm-hmm. Well, because that's a software change. It's a turbo car. We yeah. went tweak, Colder and we called intake, it done. exhaust, retuned ECU. Well, you know is. what? You know what? I'll, I'll go one real quick. How about Subaru doesn't improve the power, but what if this TS version solved the torque dip? Even that just would that be, alone that would yeah. be actually now worth the money from the factory. You have a factory warranty we and we've addressed the, dip. addressed the torque dip because the aftermarket's done that. So they haven't even done that. It's it's going to be engine wise going to be the exact same thing. I, I I I am baffled by this, but I will continue laughing along with Subaru because I think the joke <laughs> is working. I really do. Good thing they're just offering 500 units of each because which means they'll sell out. That's yeah, what they mean by yeah. doing that. It will sell. If it was a package, anybody could get. I have a feeling it wouldn't move that well, but as a 500 exclusive unit, it will move. 
completely will. You know, we've had a lot of questions in the past about, you know, what's your dream build? You know, if you could kind of take the sure, pieces of sure, this yeah. car and that car, what would you do? If we just stayed right here, if they dropped the STI motor into the BRZ, just that alone, let's transform the world and make that a special edition. The WRX I FA, the WRX is the same motor. It's the same motor with the turbo. Now, of course, the problem all, has all, always been packaging. Fine. But there has but to be a way to solve happen, this. people. The, the aftermarket happen. has solved it. So clearly that motor can be a really good turbo motor That's because the WRX proves it from, from the factory. Yeah, it would be Just great. make be that awesome. as a special edition. That would sell out. It'd be a halo car. It'd be aspirational. It would justify the existence of the car now. But come on. But the problem is, though. From a Subaru branding perspective, it's problematic to have that car be as fast or faster than the WRX STI. <laughs> From a Toyota branding perspective, why not? Which is why I am right. shocked. Right. If Subaru doesn't, why isn't Toyota doing it? That's what really surprises me about all that. Because, you know, Toyota has all that uh, su turbocharging, supercharging in their history. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, so it's not like Toyota suddenly comes up with a supercharged car and you go, what the heck are you doing? It, it would be great. <laughs> that that applies with their history, and it doesn't bother anything else in their product lineup. I can actually see Subaru arguing, we can't make this car turbo. We'll take sales away from our Halo, WRX, and STI. I could see that argument. They've reached the Porsche problem. Interesting. The Cayman, Interesting. the little brother, yep. can never be yep. hotter and totally. faster We've talked about that before. than the 911. Yep. As, and there might be a GT4 RS coming. But then, of course, the 911 will do all of its things. Of course it will, yeah. The last podcast, you heard us talk about the new GT2 RS yes. being introduced as the cover, cover and halo car for the new Forza 7 Motorsport. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 640 horsepower out of a flat six out of that thing. Where's that motor in the in the BRZ? Wait, no, that's not going to work. Wait, hang on. <laughs> it is a flat motor, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, in keeping with the theme. A quick pause to talk about one of our sponsors, Covercraft. If you have a car, you need to know about these guys. They produce car covers, seat covers, dash covers, sunscreens. These are fantastic for keeping your interior cool, keeping the sun out of your interior. You've made me a believer. It really is. And floor mats. They even have canine covers. They've got accessories even for power sports. A lot of stuff. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code DEBATE for free shipping in the U.S. Well, guys, thank you for writing in and uh, got a couple of great debates. Got Aaron and Nathan, but let's just dive right in with uh, with Definitely. Aaron up here Absolutely. in Portland. He's been enjoying the show and recently discovered us. He's got a bunch of cars here. Definitely. Man. All right. So starting out, his current vehicles, he's got a Ford F-150 EcoBoost from 2012. So this is daily driver into downtown Portland, Oregon. It's the road trip vehicle. Mm -hmm. It's the throw everything in the back. Takes the dog. all the stuff yep. when they take vacations down to Southern Oregon to see their family. And his wife drives a 2011 Hyundai Tucson, mm -hmm. which is her favorite car after her first new car many years ago, 03 Jetta Wolfsburg. But this is the midtown, around town car, kind of, you know, still family friendly, that kind of thing. Yeah. But there's a lot of problems with it, despite being a dog. It's, you know, terrible on power, no torque, <laughs> and apparently not enough space in the back with growing kids, growing family. So the problem is the F-150 is kind of big to park downtown. It's kind of too big. And the Tucson doesn't have any power. It's not enough. And the kids are growing and there's yeah. not enough space. Yeah. So he's asking... This is actually a twin car debate. Mm -hmm. It's kind of get rid of both. He's pretty much wanting to throw his hand up, hands yeah. up, get rid of both these cars Rarely and start again. This. Yes. Rarely. So he's he's given us some scenarios here. He's considered a few cars. But the third car is a 1969 Datsun 510 project car he's had forever, despite his wife's mm -hmm. complaining and her endless that despair. That car will not go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, he's got the disease. He's excited to get it running again someday, as uh -huh. every project car uh -huh. says. That is the sad news of a project <laughs> car. And so that car isn't going anywhere, and maybe that means literally and metaphorically. But uh, So that car is sitting around, hopefully to be a great focused track car. But that also means that one of these new cars that we're talking about has got to be able to tow around 5,000 pounds. So theoretically, we can tow the race car on a trailer. <laughs> I love it. Tow the project car, tow the race car. All right, so he's broken this down mm -hmm. in a couple of ways, but I'm going to upend that apple cart here shortly. Oh, good. I'll, um I'll get to this. So first of all, it's for his wife. 
saying, all right, let's trade in the F-150 and magically turn that into a new SUV for her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when they trade the Tucson in and sell that, it turns into a fun car for him. Hopefully. Hopefully. So the budget for the first car for her is $35,000. Okay. So this is the new SUV. It's replacing right. her Tucson. We've that got tows a the race car. <laughs> well, yeah. But, <laughs> nice one. It got yeah. your belt sander for Christmas, sweetheart. Yeah. But but she's she's okay with SUVs. That's not the problem. Yeah. But we're talking about replacing that Tucson that that she loves and he doesn't. Uh, and it's but it's got to have this tow ability. Mm-hmm. And Aaron's a big guy. Aaron's our size. He's six two two hundred. Yep. So it can't be a little car. And it sounds like your boys are getting big too. So we got to have room. <laughs> All right. So for his for Aaron's car, this would be the fun car, everyday car, the daily driver. He's thinking fifteen thousand dollars. So little bit of a different price range there. Mm-hmm. And he definitely wants a manual transmission. Again, like we talked about in the last podcast, yeah, yeah. manual transmissions are growing in popularity, especially for enthusiasts. He prefers this, but it's not required. But I'm kind of getting the idea that's really what you want. He really would like one. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, he even said he'd love to do like a cheap Corvette, but he can't because he has to have back seats. He has to have the ability to haul his kids when he needs to. Mm-hmm. So straight up coupes, two seat coupes are out. Yes, yes. I've um, <clears throat> played financial advisor. Uh oh, Aaron, that is bad news from the beginning. <laughs> well, not that you know you don't want to spend more money on your wife. That's not the point. But I kind of balance <laughs> the equation here. Oh, oh, you took the total amount of money and split it different. I, I see that. Split it differently. Okay, I see that. Not. I'm just putting this out there for fun. Okay. All, All right. right. All right. And hi, Aaron's wife. I'm sure you're listening at this point. And, uh... <laughs> she is now arms crossed going, why am I listening to this podcast? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tapping her toe. All right. So I thought, first of all, for the SUV, for her, about a Honda Pilot. Now, mm, okay. I found a 2014 Honda Pilot with 37,000 miles for only $26,000. I see what you did. Yeah. Because initially I was thinking, all right, because they don't want a minivan. Yeah. I was thinking, well, that new Honda Pilot could be kind of viewed as a minivan. So I thought, all right, prior gen. It isn't, though. I see where you're going. It isn't, but eh, maybe. The new one tows 5,000 pounds. I don't know how much the prior gen up to 2015 I don't know the, the towing capacity on that, but I'm sure it's right in the 5,000-pound range, which means you would tow the race car just fine. <laughs> and you've got the Pilot, only 37,000 miles, plenty of power, plenty of space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it'll get out of its own way kind of thing, which frees up another ten grand for you, Aaron, to add to your fifteen grand. <laughs> I love what you did there. This is very funny. I found you a 2015 BMW 228i with the Sportline package for twenty six thousand dollars. All right, only twenty eight thousand five hundred miles on it. Huh? I balanced the budget. I balanced the equation. <laughs> Look at me, good with numbers over here. Uh-huh. Not yeah. really. Not at all. No, I'm just kind of thinking if you could find. A new SUV that, or a used SUV that, you know, isn't new. We recommend buying mm-hmm. slightly used if mm-hmm. you can. A 2014 Pilot with that low mile, miles, it'll run for a long time sure. if you like it. Yeah. These are my suggestions. Equal money, 26, 25,000 for each. We have total money Something in. Like Let's that. split it among us. I see, I, I, I actually see how you got there. I mean, I went looking yeah. for E36 generation M3s thinking. Uh-huh. 15 grand, fun car. You yeah. had some BMWs yeah. in your past. Kind of like that, you know. Uh, and that was the thing. I mean, there's BMW history here, but it's BMW unreliable history. No. So yeah. there's that discussion as well about, you know, can I convince my wife? Do I want to convince myself to buy another used BMW and <laughs> yeah. just keep it running? I mean, that's a concern. I mean, I do like your idea, but that's the concern. Here's the things they've considered for for his wife. Let's see. We've got he's looked. They looked at the Ford Expedition. They looked at the Volvo XC90, and they looked at the Explorer, current gen, mm-hmm. all with their money of uh, thirty five, forty grand. Hopefully for her, unless you do the rebalancing thing that Paul's done, which I have to say, there's real merit in that. I have to applaud I'm you in that just regard. Just trying to think yeah. outside the box. I here see and... that. I see. Well, no, you've actually thought inside the box you've just well you've just jumbled the pieces i, I see what you've done <laughs> yeah yeah so anyway money around yeah definitely spend it differently but you know we we want this we want this to be no minivan aaron has flat out said right, that minivans right. are out and the towing capacity he's a big guy we've got a lot of things in play here they don't want to go too old 
I thought, all right, you're looking at the Expedition, the XC90, and the Ford Explorer. You know what's not on that list that you can get all day long for this? I know what's coming. I don't know if you do. Chevy Tahoe. Oh, I was going to say Acadia. The Acadia is in, yes, but but here's the thing. If we're trying to stay away from minivans, I, I like your pilot idea, and the Acadia is a competitor, and I and I owned one. It would work for this. You can get it with the tow package. It's right about 5,000 pounds for towing and all that, but you're wanting space. Yeah. You're wanting yeah. definitely not a minivan. You're wanting good tow capacity. Tahoe. Tahoe is the solid rear axle, if I'm not mistaken, whereas the Expedition is an independent rear, so that limits your towing capability, not that that... Dotson is heavy by any means. But we're, I mean, we're well over 5,000 pound capability yeah, no matter easy, which way you go. Easy. The Tahoe's got a pile of space. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, could, you yeah. could search a little older and even go suburban. I don't think you need that much space, but you could just go all in and go suburban. You know, <laughs> you could do it, you know, but, but Tahoe should be on your list here because that is, it's, I, I put it to you this way. It's all the things you like about your uh, F-150, Yeah. but done in an SUV package. And you can get them for your price. Sure. So sure. I think that's the one that's been forgotten here, and I think you really have to look at that. Uh, I I will admit I'm more of a Chevy guy than a Ford guy. The Expedition, the Explorer, fine. I just prefer the Tahoe. I just I, I always have in in driving dynamics. I had a Tahoe, uh, an old one. That was my wife's car before the Acadia. We had a Tahoe. Thing was bulletproof. Mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah. you Paul spent innumerable numbers I of did. late night drives as we hammered our way to Mammoth in that I Tahoe yeah. and bounded through all kinds of snow. And this was the late nineties version when the interiors were terrible. So well over two hundred thousand miles on that puppy, right? We sold it at almost two fifty. Yeah. Wow. We traded it in at wow. cash for clunkers because we were able to get it was so old and beat That's down, right. but it was but it was bulletproof. It was it was worth so little when we actually did it cash for clunkers, we got twice as much out of it by doing cash for clunkers than by selling it ourselves. Unbelievable. That was why we got the Acadia. It was right there. That's it was all right. that financial reality. Right. But anyway, the Tahoe all day long. I think you should take a serious look at that and kind of blend the worlds of what you liked about the F-150 and what you need in an SUV. That is my mine for you, uh, for your wife. And then we've got 15-ish left for you. You've got to have back seats. Okay. Yeah. You'd like to have a manual if you could. It needs to have genuine power, be fun to drive. I landed here. Early 2000s Pontiac GTO. Did you? Two plus two. Plenty of room for a big guy to fit. You've got the back seats. Like an O3. You can do a manual. With big motor in it and manual you can transmission. Do, yeah, it's, it, it's, it was actually 05, 06, wasn't it? Anyway, mid-2000s, mid-2000s. Yeah, somewhere in there. And yeah. but, but you've got – you mentioned right up front – this is what struck me. You'd love to have a C5 Corvette or a Corvette for your money, but you can't do it because it's only two seats. Corvette motor. That's true, and good ones are like ten to twelve. This is you what I'm saying. Spend this is what I'm saying, and it's kind of a sleeper car, but it's got good dynamics. Yeah. It's genuinely fast. I mean, you've said you know you used to own one of the old Ford Taurus SHOs, one of the '90s ones with the Yamaha engine. Right, right. You liked that. You want to have something fun to drive. You have eyed the three series, but you're concerned about that reliability because of your past experience. I'm sitting here, Pontiac GTO. It's Chevy Legos under the hood, 400 horsepower. <laughs> LS motor, two Funny. plus two. It's your Corvette that you're wanting that also meets your needs. I'm staying right there. That's true. Interesting. Because you also suggested this XC90 in here, and then you had the SHO, so that means everything is powered by Yamaha. You realize the <laughs> early XC90s were also a yeah, Yamaha point. V8 for a while. Yeah. Uh, anyway, no, I like your suggestion. This is This is kind of cool. But you were sticking, you know, right But with... I, I stayed with the way he split it. Right, I, I right. like the fact that you mixed it up. I think that's really cool because it puts him in a different category, and he can talk that through. And there's nothing wrong with the pilot to solve his issues. I totally get that. I think the pilot's got I think plenty that's of great. space. But I went, all right, let's go huge SUV with all the money in. Yeah. And then what good. does that leave us for sports car? And I have to go Tahoe and GTO, and we're done. And that's all Chevy Garage there. I mean, Yeah, it... I mean, I wasn't intending that, but it does end up that way, yeah. Kind of cool. All right, well... Uh... Yeah, thanks for writing in, Aaron. Really appreciate it. And if we do make it to Portland, we'd love to see you and uh, grab a drink and uh, catch up. And, and see what cars you wound see, up in. See what you bought. We'll go hoon your GTO. We'll hoon, we'll hoon the Tahoe. There's what we'll do. <laughs> it'll, be a, it'll be a family tuning affair. We'll go tune, uh, hoon the Tahoe. Awesome. Before we go on, I want to talk about Auto Tempest. They're our new sponsor on the show yeah. because they provide that service you and I do. We're right. always looking up cars online. You can go to autotempest.com, and you can type in your search term once, and it searches all the big names and some of the little ones. 
So you go there, Autotempest, that is T-E-M-P-E-S-T, like a storm, autotempest.com. And if you aren't looking for a car right now, you can do it for fun, or you can do it and then give them feedback on how the website works. They want that as well, which is really cool. All right. Well, we've got Nathan out in Tennessee, a state I've never been to, despite my proclivity for bourbon and whiskey. I've driven across Tennessee Climbing at one location and then uh, driving to stay at another location. Drove all the way across Tennessee in the process. Did you? Yeah. Long time ago. Climbed out really? there. Really? Yep. Really? All right. Well, Nathan's got the disease. And by the way, everyone, he is also a patron for us. If you are also inclined to do so on Patreon, he's a patron that supports us. Thanks for that. Really, really Big appreciate time. it, Nathan. He's considering buying a new fun car and needs recommendations. He's also in his mid-30s and he's been a car guy for a long time. So he's about our size, uh, 6'2", 250, married with two boys. Congratulations on your family. They've got a Honda Odyssey. They've got a minivan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And good thing, being a Nissan country, you drive a Titan, 2007 Titan quad cab. <laughs> I, is that a prerequisite out there? Since, Don't know. You know Don't know. Kind of, I, you can probably get Tennessee deals, I would imagine, yeah. I'm kind of wondering. So he's got a commute that's only about 15 minutes, and he's keeping both of these vehicles. Which frees us up wonderfully to have some fun, because you've got the minivan and you've got the big pickup. Yep. Let's get something <laughs> fun here. If there were ever a BMW guy, it's Nathan. Yeah, yeah. His car history includes a 92-325i, a 97-328i, a 1-540 with that luscious V8, a 1-330i that was totaled, and most recently, an 01330XI that he sold two years ago because it was apparently terrible reliability. And Hey, hey Nathan, have you so ever great. owned a BMW? Can we talk to you? To, no, forget that. <laughs> so he's really missing the fun car. He's got everything else covered, as you said. He's been commuting in the truck, but he needs a manual transmission. He's got to have it. Mm -hmm. Good handling, Cooper sedan, maybe a wagon. Not really small, but he's in the ten to twenty thousand dollar price range here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said he'd only spend the twenty grand for something that's newer and lower miles. But again, that's a conversation for you and your wife to yep. have. It's all that's always the budget thing that happens for sure. I mean, this is the disease meets the reality right there, right there. <laughs> I mean, you've had the BMW experience, and although I could suggest stuff, you've considered the Mustang, you've considered another BMW on your list here. Two more, as <laughs> yeah. a matter of fact. Two more on here. WRX, sure. a lot of the usual suspects here. I think I have your car, Nathan. Do you? Good. I think well, I do. I found it interesting that one of the things he's circled the most here, he really would like to have a Mustang GT, but he can't afford the current body style, which is the one he mm, wants right. in GT. There's still a little bit too much. So he's circling a used current generation v6 because he drove the ecoboost and the v6 and preferred the v6 so he could get that that's kind of his front runner car i didn't go there but i thought it was interesting to kind of break down his desire for the mustang and where he's landed there so that made me kind of ponder what could i get that was in this in this area uh, i'm very curious where you went though you said you have a car I have a car. I thought about the 135i because for 10 to 20 grand, you can find great ones, but it's another BMW. I let's agree. Let's go let's away. Please branch from BMW. out. Let's please. Nothing wrong with it, but let's branch out for sure. Here's my branch. <laughs> <laughs> I found you a 2011 Mazda RX 8. Ooh. With the R3 trim level. Really? Like the late R3s are great. The late R3, only 132 built of this model year. Yes. Watch our compare with the FRS and the S2000. We have the yes. R3. That is a very fun car. Here it is. I found it in Tewksbury, Massachusetts with only 24,000 miles. It's mm. red with the charcoal wheels. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Perfect. 18,500 bucks. That's a good find. Bet you they'd take 18 right That's now. That's a good find. It fits your price range. I like it's it. It's something unique. It's still something you can get kids in and stuff, and it's one of the last. It's like owning one of the last mm -hmm. air-cooled 911s. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe they'll do something again with a rotary, maybe. Yeah. But this is a great car. And it's we the, love it. It's the third car, and, and you can yes. look— a, a very kind of glancing Google search will let you know all the things to worry about on a rot rotary. But, right, then, right. but then the follow-up is all the things you as an owner can do so that the engine just keeps running well. Yep. These are not yep. engines you can forget about. But this is your third car and your fun car. 
So these are less issues. I actually I hadn't gone there. I think that's great. It looks brand Sp- new, especially the R3. I mean that that yeah. one is a really genuinely fun car. And you're you're probably looking at that that discussion right now, and you're going, "Wait a minute, I'm a big guy, Nathan. I, I'm sure that you are." There is a surprising amount of space in that car. You yeah. will be genuinely surprised. It it may be a little on the small side for you, but at the same time, you're probably looking at it instantly thinking, no way, no way. Trust me, they're bigger than you think they are. Wow, 24,400 miles. That's cool. I like that oh, a lot. Oh, man. This thing just looks clean. Hmm. So unique. I love the wheels on this car. Yeah, you've got to go get this thing. I'm <laughs> Recaro seats. Look at this car. It looks brand new and perfect. Well, I, th- I I went to two places here. Okay. And one is you must drive. And the other one is, have you looked at these? These are kind of my categories for cars for Nathan. Things I was struck by here, because we have the trucks, mm-hmm. they're hanging out. The truck and the minivan, they're hanging out. They're right. fine. Right. So we can go straight fun here. And he mentions he'd like to have fun car, manual transmission. But he mentions in his in his description here, he says, must be a great handling car. That's actually mentioned. That's a here. requirement. And I went, Definitely. okay. All right, I'm going to follow that rabbit trail for a minute. And like you, I was like, let's stay away from BMW because BMW thing's been done. Okay. I mean, nothing <laughs> yeah. wrong with it, but it's been done and he's had mixed experience with the reliability. So I left yep. that completely. You like that V6 Mustang, which I can see why you like it. It is a, it is a well handling Mustang, but there are far better handling cars out there than the Mustang. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes. you're saying you'd like to have somewhere around 300 horsepower. You'd like to have a car that feels fast. I'm going to go away from that and say, please, do yourself a favor. Go drive an 86. Okay. Good. I don't know that it's your car because I have a feeling you might just go, I just want more power. You You're just doing some benchmarking right now. But I, yeah, but I think you need to drive it and try to get a good drive. Don't do the round-the-block test oh, drive yeah. that the dealer yeah, will yeah. do in your city. Don't do that. <laughs> try to find a halfway decent drive. It try comes to in find your favorite color. Try to find try to find an owner who hey if you lived close to me I'd say come on let's go try to find an owner that will let you drive this car on a real road yeah because you're you're saying you want a good handling car you've got a benchmark with that car I think that's a great word Paul I think it's that's the way to do it so please please drive one of those it may not be the answer for you but you know what could be okay you can get early C6 Corvettes for this money what. 18 to 20 C6 Corvettes are out there. You could go C5, but he talks about having oh a string gosh. of BMWs, and Good he's kind of gotten you. spoiled to <laughs> the interior feel of a BMW. I think by the time you go back to C5 Corvette, you're going to go, where is my interior? Right. C6, you're C6 still C6 is safe. not great, but C6 yeah. is a decent interior. It's a surprisingly this good car. Good. Any any way you get it, you can actually find C6s for under twenty grand. Hmm. And I had no idea they dropped that Corvette. low. C6 Corvette. I mean, that I, wow. I, I really think wow. you could wind up there and be thrilled. And I would also say this to you. If you said to me, C6 Corvette or V6 Mustang, I would say Corvette all the time. I would, too. All the time. I would, too. Reliability is going to be there. And nothing against the V6 Mustang. But in that scenario, it just loses. It loses to the vet. Yeah. I mean, if so, you're a vet. Yeah. Would, so I think drive an 86 yeah. so that you have that comparison to that Mustang and, and search C6 Corvettes, my friend, that's what I'm putting out there. <laughs> I had no idea they'd drop that low. Well, I mean, it's not like there's a ton of them, but if we're... I, search, I, I really right? was shopping under 20 and went, there's one. Oh, there's another one. Oh, look, there's another one. You know, Still you, decent miles out there. and yeah. all that? Yeah, yeah. Well, those are those are cars that typically aren't hugely high-mile cars well, that's anyway. True. That's just that's they true. aren't cars they, that people just hammer sit. miles onto, you know? So I think you should look. Wow. Excellent. All right. Thanks to both you guys for writing in. Really appreciate it. Let us know what happens. You know, there's a lot of people who demand a lot from their driving experience. I want to take a quick note to talk about our sponsor, Amsoil, who takes this approach to engineering their synthetic motor oil. Their signature series has a built-in reserve protection capable of protecting up to 25,000 miles between oil changes. Which is kind of insane. Go to amsoil.com slash driver and look up your own car to find the right product for you. And uh, we'll move on to some questions here. We've got Scott, who is <laughs> writing many questions. Scott, thank you yes, again. Yes, he does. He's, uh, he's talking about backing up in your driveway or parking spot. Do you use your side and your rearview mirrors, or do you look over your shoulder and out the back window? Of course, there's the reverse cameras on most cars. I will complain about my Cayman right now. 
for as expensive as okay. it as it is, it yeah. does not have a reverse camera. Mm. This is that is surprising. An oversight. On we my need opinion. we need to have you do another long term update on that car, and I'd yeah, like I you do. to do one that is kind of a pros and cons update. Yeah, because I need to go drive look, that. It's, it's that a brilliant car, but it'd be interesting to do one where you go, here's the stuff that's awesome, and here's the stuff that I'm surprised I don't like or can't believe they did this. And the backup camera would be a great one. I mean, that's something you would just assume is on that car. I just, yeah, for yeah. that price anyway. So um, <laughs> it's funny because most of the time you hear about parking lot accidents, people just trying to navigate with their screen now. Sure. And it's it's a crutch. It's a lazy way of dealing with the backup thing. I actually, I really do kind of ignore it now. I don't mm. use the screen, even mm. on the Jeep. The Jeep does have the backup camera. It does, yeah, yeah. I'm still turning around. I look over my back shoulder. I look and look and look. And I've actually, it's translated into looking on the freeway when I'm changing lanes. Mm, mm. I double and triple check now, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to just keep on myself for good mm-hmm. driving habits and just being aware of my surroundings. So yeah. I just. It's a personal thing, I guess, but uh, I turn as far as I possibly can. Yeah. If 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 I'm having a day that I actually feel halfway flexible, I'll try to turn so far around that my eyes are actually looking out the center of the back glass, so that my peripheral are going out the sides of the car. I mean, that's 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 when I feel comfortable. I can't all depending on the car and how I feel that day. Can't always do that, but that's the right way to do it. Flexible. What I did you see the chiropractor that day? Exactly. Oh, hey, I'm feeling good. Look, I look all the way out the back window. But that is the better way to go. I I agree with you on that because you because the peripheral vision of nothing else. Yeah. You know the the backup cameras are awesome. And they're great for close proximity. That's when I love them is the close proximity work. Right. Because right. they have that perspective, especially because they also end up having the backup sensors. They have that perspective that you just yeah. don't have unless yeah. somebody's standing behind the car. But like distance work, you and I joke about our dri- my driveway. Mm-hmm. I always pull in my so driveway weird. front first and then back out. Paul always backs down my driveway and drives out forward. And when either one of us has to get in the other one's car to leave my house, we're disoriented. Like, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. wait. How, how do, how I do, do I this what's, what's going on? You do kind Which of have a ridiculous. weird driveway. It's not yeah. perfectly straight. And it kind of yeah, it, it's deceiving. It looks like it's straight, and you get halfway down it, you realize you're in the weeds. Wait a minute, when, when did the turn happen? It's it's very strange. It gets even worse in the winter because what happens in the winter? Sorry, first world problems here. The guy that plows my driveway plows it in a straight line. Right. So halfway through the winter, you realize that you're just running through a mud puddle now. <laughs> exactly. The driveway's over there now, but I don't know how that happened. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Matthew Brown wrote in on Facebook and said, uh, favorite car-based TV show, and then he put in parentheses, but aside from our own. I didn't even think about <laughs> my myself on the list when you mentioned it. Favorite car-based TV show, I have to say it. I was addicted to it when I was growing up. Dukes of Hazard. Really? And it's so terrible. It's so terrible. I've, I've got a terrible one to rival that. But but the thing about Dukes of Hazard, t- two things that as I started to, gr- started to grow up, I realized two unbelievable things. This is the beginning of me as a filmmaker rattling around against the terrible 80s television that is Dukes of Hazard. First off, how is it possible to squeal your tires on all dirt roads? All of the time. That was problem one. <laughs> so there was like a, a realization of, of something has happened in post-production that happened in my little brain early on. The other one that dawned on me early on while watching the show, and I loved I loved it. I was That's dedicated awesome. to it. But I could notice the, the frame bending that would occur on most landings of a car. It was, you have three or four frames before they cut away, but you would watch the frame accordion on these chargers. The car frame you're talking about. Oh, yes. The film frame. No, no, no. Yes. No, no. There would be a few, pardon me, film frames to show you that the car frame was doing an accordion mess when they would Just, land. And I kept, and now start thinking yeah. back, what happened to those stunt drivers when they're accordioning a, a charger to get, you know, trashing those? So that that always happened. And then the other chiropractors one, too. I'm seriously, sure. yeah, they couldn't turn around and look. But then the other thing that struck me later on that made me laugh is if you watch any episode of Dukes of Hazard, here is a major plot point that will occur. <laughs> they have to do something, and the General Lee can only get there if they take this back road that you've never heard of before. There's a it, lot there's, of them in Dukes there's of been, Hazard. There's been thirty episodes to this point, and they've never mentioned this one back road that perfectly does what we need to do. That goes by Old Man Whoever's place that they've never used before. Right. It will have a huge jump in the middle over a ravine, inexplicably. But that road's never come up before today, and now it's the perfect road that happens in almost every episode. So Dukes of Hazard. Fantastic. Well, mine was Knight Rider, hands down. Of course. Of course it was. The tech, the car, the theme song. Just the theme song alone. <laughs> Welcome to 80s music. That's perfect. Yes. So this is funny. There's, You know I'm into virtual reality and a lot of tech in my mm-hmm. life, and I, yeah, I yeah, really yeah. like that. 
there have been HMDs, head-mounted displays, that have a red light on the front of the HMDs. And so I'll pull out my phone and play the Knight Rider theme song while I'm wearing the HMD. (laughs) Knight Rider. Ridiculous. Yeah, I just, I love the tech. I mean, that was, you know, one button did one thing only. Oh, yeah. And so there were just masses of buttons. buttons everywhere. I just, I dug it. I was intrigued with it. You know, I know it was all fake, but... It was still just so cool, so cool. So Night <laughs> Rider. Oh, my man. God. Night Rider and Dukes of Hazard. I think we may have made our audience dumber, but uh, that's <laughs> happened anyway. So here we are. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, let's see. I've got a question here from uh, Red Mustang asked this question Okay. on Instagram. What $100,000 plus supercar, mm. not made by Porsche, would we be willing to put more than 100,000 miles on? <laughs> So it's kind of a reliability question in a roundabout way. It is, although Red Mustang, you've got to understand, you've got to clarify with, you've got to be in a reasonable-ish budget. You can't just keep throwing money to fix blown engines, and or maybe you can. Maybe that's part of it. I feel like that's kind of the question. Which one would we kind of buy in on that, just going, I'm going to drive this for 100,000 miles, knowing that it's going mm. to need stuff? I think that's part of where this question gets interesting. Let's say it's not going to be a Ferrari. I've seen Lamborghinis on the internet that have, you know, this one's crossed 230,000 miles after a full rebuild and this and that. I think, yikes. Yeah, you could, but I'm thinking, well, it's uh, it's a toss-up right now. McLaren is at the top top of my list. I had a feeling you're going to say that because I'm, I'm kind of leaning toward McLaren as well. I, I see that. Uh, Aston Martin, possibly, mm-hmm. possibly mm-hmm. could be up there. Um, I would do an Aston Martin V8 Vantage. Yeah. Because I think yeah. it's going to be more reliable than that big V12. I was thinking Lotus, but I guess they're not in the 100,000 plus. They are if you buy an Evora. Evora 400, <laughs> certainly, yeah. now. But, um, yeah, if we think supercar, McLaren's at the top of my I list. I like McLaren. I was also thinking Audi R8. That would be reliable. That would just go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, you're going to spend money on it, but I don't sure. think you're going you're gonna to find yourself in a, in a hole of money on that car. So Audi R8, I'm, I, I'm thinking about that for sure. I mean, you could say the Porsche 918 Spider. We could go really he expensive. Said, he said no Porsche. He said no Porsche. Oh, that's right. We're trying to be good. Oh, man. Yeah. Because that's the thing. The, I hate to say it, but Porsche, not only do we talk about it a lot, but also it has the reputation of our sports cars will go like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas you don't walk up to a Lamborghini or Ferrari and go, I'm going to drive that 100,000 miles. You just don't think that way. The door handle turns into dust. The you know? Mile 10,000. Hmm. Yeah. All right. I'll stick with McLaren. And I like that. I'll say R8. I'll say R8. Okay. I'll go there. Yeah. All right. Well, on the other end of the scale here, Kevin Romalo on IG is asking about entry-level BMWs, Audis, and Mercedes-Benzes. Are these cars even worth buying new with such drastic depreciation value? Well. Like like base-base models? Like the base, the entry-level. No. I No. I'm with you. Think about the CLA 250 from Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Base model. Yeah. Decent car. Mm-hmm. Let somebody else lease that for a couple of years and yeah. putter around it yeah. and then buy that car if you're interested well, or something similar. You and I have talked about this before. I, I have a lot of trouble recommending. I mean, we talk about the 228 BMW. That may be the only exception Probably to this rule. Probably the only one. But in general, I don't think you want the base model of the German cars. I think what you need to be doing no. is buying a year or two year old upper model used for the same money as the base one is new because you just end up, I feel like maybe it's because I've driven other versions, but I feel like you don't ever get past the disappointment of you should have bought the better one. Yeah. You know? I, I feel I, like I you're agree. always aware of the things you don't have in those cars that have got a, uh, let's be honest, a reputation for either being really nice and luxurious or really great performers and you get the base model and generally you wind up with neither mm-hmm. to the degree that you expected, but still the high price tag. I'm thinking of the Audi A3. Mm-hmm. Good, nice place to be, but the regret is going to follow you when you think, I could have had a Golf GTI or something that feels nearly as good inside the, we, we drove for the, less money. The absolute base A3. Yes. With the 1.8, and it was front-wheel drive only, and it was, I'm sorry, but just buy something else. Yes. Now, once you get into the bigger motor and it gets and quattro and all that grand, kind of stuff, they start, to get, they start to get worthwhile and nice. But, yeah, the base version of that was really a hard car to, to, to recommend. It would just be like, why don't you spend this money elsewhere? I think the answer, Kevin, is no. 
we think that wait for somebody else to lease them if that's what you're interested in. But again, if you're going base model, but then, but if you're doing a couple years later, get a better then, model. Exactly. Get something better then as well. So I, yeah, I don't think so. I'm thinking Audis. Yeah. The 228 is pretty much the only one that we'd buy brand new mm-hmm. probably, but we'd still do, but I'd still, still do the M sport one. pack. Yeah. I wouldn't do just go, go get the 220. I get the M sport pack. I think that's a vital reality. Yeah. But, yeah. and you can get that car surprisingly inexpensive, but you can get it even better used. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, Philipper, I, I'm having trouble reading what how, how that would be pronounced on IG, but he asked this question. He said, he has heard of an owner of a 991 GT3 where Porsche replaced the engine. Have we heard of this? Not only have we heard of this, it was a thing. Oh, yes. People that bought them in the yeah. first year had random engine fires. So Porsche decided, let's yeah. solve that. I mean, they could have done it a lot of ways. They could have done fixes and blah, blah. But what they actually did is they pulled all those cars back and replaced the engines of all of them, the early, early 991 GT3s. I forget. It was when the first. It was the first. I want to say maybe six months of the production line of the GT3, right. the 991 right. GT3. And I remember. I mean, a lot of people had them, but I remember one of the people that talked about it publicly because Clarkson made fun of him was Hammond bought one, and promptly had it recalled. Mm-hmm. And Clarkson gave him all kinds of trouble for his recalled yeah. Beetle. But no, that's not just a thing that an owner now and then has. But the first, the early, I don't even remember how long it went, but I want to say it was at least the first six months, maybe first year, they pulled them all back and yeah. replaced the entire engine. Yeah, this was definitely a big deal. I mean, that just doesn't happen to Porsche even though every car company has their thing every but once I, in a while. I applaud them, though, in one regard. And I think originally you, you were one of the people that mentioned this. They didn't just create a fix. They said, this is our upper-level car. People paid really good money for our upper-level halo car. Yeah. We're not going to just pr- go to your dealer and we're going to put in a new – no, no, no. We're bringing them all back, new engines. Brand new engines. And, yeah, they brought them back to the factory I believe they didn't mm-hmm. just have dealers do it locally. No, it was a, it was a thing. I mean, it, obviously, it's an inconvenience them. for your car has yeah. gone away, but on the other end of the spectrum, the company is replacing under warranty your entire power plant with a new one. There was a question from Instagram a couple podcasts ago that we didn't get to that I wanted to talk about briefly from the notorious HIB asking about the performance investment that you can make in your car is the driver upgrade. We talk about upgrading your own skill level. Mm-hmm. But now he's talking about the recent news of Skip Barber going bankrupt, declaring bankruptcy. And he's asking, what is the best way to get track or high-performance driving automobile instruction? And then as a second part to that, what's the likelihood that Skip Barber would auction off their fleet of cars? Well, keep in mind, declaring bankruptcy means that you don't have to pay your creditors. You can mm-hmm. keep operating at that point. You've yes. just, the people that you owe money to don't get their money. You and there were keep having classes. hundreds of thousands of back fees for tracks around the nation. It was yeah. a shocking listing to see. I mean, in the case of Skip Barber, they would just say, I'm sorry, you can't run your school here on this track anymore. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. that would be the retribution. Okay, you're not paying us? Fine. Mm-hmm. You can't keep operating out of our track. Sure, yeah. But, you know, it just kind of depends. Are they shutting the brand down? I didn't get the idea that they were just completely closing up shop. I just got the idea they declared bankruptcy and still moving forward. They might still sell off some cars. As a matter of fact, the Utah Motorsports Campus here sold off their fleet of Ford performance cars, the Mustangs, from the prior generation. They took Boss 302s and track prepped them all. Yes. Put cages in them, and then when they were done running them and they were old school cars, they sold them, and they sold them all out for crazy cheap for what you got. I want to say it was ten or $11,000. I think it was like fifteen. Yeah, you was got it? you got a oh. beat-down school car on one level. On another end of the spectrum, you got a track-prepped Mustang yeah. cage ready to go, fire suppression. It was ready to go. And I mean, so they sold those cars as fast as they listed them. Gosh. That'd be worth it. 15, 12, 15 grand? In that case, that's, my, that's the only exception to what I want to say about this, though, because in general, I would say that's worse than a rental car because those cars have been well, beat on. But, but in the case you're of the. You're going to on it. True. But know? in the case of the fully track prepped car, it's a fully properly professionally track prepped car you know has been well sorted. Right. Sure, it's been beat on. Right. The track prepped one is the only exception. I think the general Skip Barber school cars or your general buy your used, like <laughs> the Fiesta STs they have out there for the, the ST yeah, Octane right. program, I would never buy one of those cars. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but I, I don't, don't want think it. they come with a warranty anymore. No, I'm, and they have been hooned, hooned by us and many others. <laughs> yes. So th- that's worse than the rental car. But the the track prepped ones, 
They sold their open-wheel cars at Skip Barber. Hmm, interesting. What yeah, are they selling be, them for? That might be cool. Fire sale prices make that tempting. So I uh, I think that there's other schools, of course. I mean, I know there's other schools around the nation yeah, quite a that few. will be able to get track instruction. That's no problem. Skip Barber is definitely one of the best-known classes that you can take. But like I said, there's a lot at various uh, at various tracks. And keep in mind, a lot of these tracks, I mean kind of you name the track they have their resident pros i mean they might you know a particular car company like uh, ford performance using utah motorsports campus as their home base a particular car company might have this is where they run their school sure but yeah. they might also have just like golf courses have the resident pro mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. might have pro drivers that just work at the at the track sure and you could sure. call the track individually and say hey it's just i don't want to really be in a class with a lot of people i just want to pay for private instruction who's the local hot shoe yeah and go from there yeah, i mean even point. guys that are the local hot shoe of the of the car clubs various mm -hmm. you know the gt86 club or the bmw club or, or scca or nasa if you find those guys find yes. a guy there that really is hot and have him drive your car that's a great point and that's yeah that's the very last point is the the sanctioned driving um series the mm -hmm. scca yeah, NASA's yeah, yeah. of the world Call them directly and say, here's who I am. Where do I start? How do I get involved? Definitely. That's the best way. So definitely. Thanks for writing in. And if you have a chance to buy a track-prepped car from Skip Barber, <laughs> buy it. Uh, so uh, ZFZ Mikey on Instagram asked a question, kind of challenging both of us, but mainly me. He said, we're not fans of black, gray, silver, kind of boring <laughs> cars. He's talking about the E39 5 Series. Okay. So the one we all kind of love, that, yeah. that E90, E90, yeah. uh, E39 uh, 5 Series. He's saying he doesn't really like any of the factory colors for that car. What's a really bright color that would work on that car? Mm. And I've thought of two. Because I, I, I wanted to make sure I was getting this right. I even Googled the, the designation, the model number, to make sure I was visualizing it right. And it was the one I was thinking of. It's that great one, especially the M5 of that generation is so sexy. Looks 400 great. horsepower, that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they had it in a fantastic blue. That's not really bright enough, I think, for what he's asking, I was but they had it in a fantastic blue. blue Purpley, ultramarine blue. Really good blue, yeah. so I really like that a lot. But if we're going to go crazy bright, two thoughts. Okay. One, that great, really bright red that BMW used on the 6 Series, the earlier 6 Series of the 80s. Yes. That's a great color. Like and it's a M6 BMW color. Exactly. Like the one we drove. Mm -hmm. That's a great BMW like an color. Like red or something like that. I forget. That. I don't know what their designation was, but there's that. Remember. And then what's the flat, very pale blue they're using now? Oh. Think about that color on this older BMW chassis. I was trying to think about something that is in the BMW catalog. I didn't want to go nuts. Because you could wrap are, your car with any you could do anything. color you You could do anything. To. You could sure, go Subaru sure. blue, you, you, whatever. Sure, sure, sure. But I was trying to think of something like really very bright. So I came up with that red from the old M6 and that, That'd be that, pretty cool. that pale flat blue they're using now on the M cars and some of the BMWs. I don't know what either of those colors are called, but the BMW factory colors get that on that old 5 Series. They could look great. That would really spice that car up. Yeah, you could dip it. You could wrap it, whatever, mm -hmm. and get that, that look. Good one. I'm with you. Yeah, that would that would really make it nice. All right, so Apple Pie 5341 is asking us again a question from a few podcasts back. He's asking okay. us if we would consider putting the podcast on YouTube and you're talking about actually filming it, not just putting the audio recording. True, out. true, true, actually seeing it. He's yeah. actually talking about, you know, he wants to see our expressions and the, you know, the interesting moments when we watch me drink water. It's let, riveting. It's riveting. The amount of water I can drink during a podcast. Oh, it's a good idea. We've actually kind of toyed with the idea of live streaming a few here and there. It would depend on uh, a few things. We want to have some guests on, as we've talked about. We want to get the right guest and, you know, maybe you could see their face on screen as well. But possibly, we're, we're going to keep considering this idea. Yeah, we've talked about it forever, of course. We actually are coming up on <clears throat> three years of this podcast. Can't That'll be the that. uh, end of July, which is shocking. Before we get to that three-year anniversary, we are going to work our way up to actual guests. I know we've been saying it forever, but it's, it's been a tech issue. We are, we are sorting out the last pieces of that tech. We're going to get some uh, guests going. And then we also, as a part of this whole podcast studio guest thing, we are heading toward possibly filming some. What we would probably do in that regard is kind of what you've seen already, and that is the ones that would find their way to YouTube would be guest-only podcasts mm -hmm. uh, right. or big announcement right. podcasts. We wouldn't 
do all of them. We don't want the whole channel to be about videos of that. But uh, we could see doing a, a video of uh, of the podcast if we had a cool guest on, just so people on YouTube can see it too. It'd be cool. Any more questions from you? No, I've got one left here. Good. Oh, good, excellent. Listen Super quick. Christoph on IG is asking about Lamont. He's saying, mm. what teams do we cheer for? And if you remember, Lama 2016 was a heartbreak for Toyota. Yeah. They're yeah. going to bring it, and I know they're going to try to – they're going to make sure. The problems they had last year, the car dying five minutes from finishing. So And they were way out in the lead, way ahead of Porsche, way ahead of everyone. Of course, Christoph, I am cheering for Porsche. They now have 18 Lama victories under their belt, more than mm. anyone. Mm. Because, again, as sorrow as I felt for Toyota, you have to finish to place. That is key, especially That's at Le Mans. Part that, of it, I mean... I, I, hate, I hate to break up the obvious here, but you do, need, race. you do need to finish. Yes. It's a race, but it's an endurance race. So, yes, Porsche for me, but you know Toyota's bringing the noise this year. So I think it's going to be pretty interesting. It's actually in the next weekend or so here and uh, looking forward to that race. Well, we've got Billy Johnson that we actually know that will be in one That's of the Ganassi right. Ford GTs. And Billy. We are, we are very curious. How are you? Billy, I'm sure you're listening because you've told me that you're listening. So uh, we're very curious to follow him. We're going to actually have him on the podcast. That's going to have our guests coming up. It all comes back full circle because nice. he said he wants to be on the podcast. So we'll have you. This is this will be the craziest sentence I've said in a long time. <laughs> we'll have you do Lamont first and then be on our podcast. <laughs> I can't believe that's actually a thing, but it's going to be. So we're actually very much looking to see how Billy does and where kind of trying to live somewhat vicariously through him because wow the jealousy that i have however i also lack the talent so there yeah. is these things are connected he can drive boy can drive well guys a quick reminder about the pilgrimage trip coming up everydaydriver.com slash adventures tab for all the information yep you are invited we would love to have you that is our annual fun driving trip in mm -hmm. germany and spa in belgium full track days both places full track days and that's over labor day weekend in the u.s september 2017 mm -hmm. we've got people signed up already we're getting very excited we're thinking about the whole putting everything together so far but it's it's already coming together and the trip's a little over half full you still have the ability to yep. sign up you can still actually get in early enough to have some choices of cars which is good and in uh mid-july our prices go up so your prices go up hate to say it so you can get in for early bird to help us with scheduling and help your price if you get in soon guys massive thanks again hope you have a great weekend and looking forward to talking to you next time thanks a bunch cheers <laughs>